We get it poppin', homie, day and night. Got the party jumpin', bout to break the ice. Stay up on my grind, that's my way of life. I got tunnel vision, I'ma chase that ray of light. And uh, Kansas has come back in the in the championship game. Wow. There's a possibility of him losing all of these games in the division. I'm not that's not a knock against the Raiders. <laughs> I think Devontae Adams is really in for a good awakening. The, the Jets have done everything to my expectations and further so far. Uh, and and they've been aggressive too. But it might be like Joe Douglas's job on the line. What is going on, everybody? You are back here on Jake's Takes, of course, the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake Serrano here with you. On this awesome weekend, we got a second episode here for you. Thought we would add it to the other one, but I decided to make a special edition for Fouad and I. On uh, We're going to do a little NBA talk today. And as I just mentioned, I got Fouad back on on an early morning recording. Fouad, <laughs> how you doing? Doing fantastic, Jake. How are you, man? I'm uh, just real, real, really happy to be here. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk some NBA playoffs. There's there was a lot of stuff. I graduated. I know I know you got your graduation. Congrats on that too, once so again. Congrats I'm, on that once again. That's right. Thank you. Congratulations. And uh we're moving on to better things. So we got some we got some awesome stuff. So exciting time. How are you feeling? Good? I'm feeling good. You know, I got my graduation next week. I just finished off my last final just like two days ago. So, you know, I'm feeling very relaxed, very comfortable. You know, the feeling I get when you could just sit on your couch and watch sports without anything else to worry about, any school assignments <laughs> right. to worry about, as any college student would have to. But, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, man. I'll just give you a quick, a brief, a brief synopsis on why my graduation yesterday for like 30 seconds. So, we sat down. I met some people I had never met at, at this school before. And anyway, we were all talking and, and they go up for, for the handshakes. You know how you see everybody walk up and, and all that. And the kid goes to me next to he's, he's shaking. He's like, he's freaking out. I'm like, well, what's wrong, my man? And he goes, he goes, all right. So it's, it's the right hand shake, left hand grab, like for the diploma and, and the shake hand. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, calm down. You always shake with your right hand because you're overthinking it. He, my man, was looking at the video screen, looking at the front, <laughs> looking down, looking left. I was like, "Oh man!" He had to flex a little bit for sure. He, he was, he was going, he was going, he was just, he was having a time in his head right there. I was like, "You just need to calm down a little bit." But it, that was too funny. But all right, you ready to rock? Yes, sir. All right, so here we go. All right, like as I mentioned, while we're talking some NBA today. And we know we got the conference finals up. We know the Warriors are advancing to the NBA finals as they took on the Mavericks. They beat them four to one flawed in an exciting, exciting series. Um, and then we got the Celtics and the Heat. They're they're up three to two. And the Celtics and the Heat, I think quad they played tonight. So that's game six. And if the Celtics win tonight, they'll be moving on to the finals. If the Heat win tonight, uh, it will go to a game seven back in Miami. And uh, we'll see how they'll they'll duke it out if that were the case. But uh, let's 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 start there, Fawad, because there's been so many there's so many there's been so many different turns and angles in this whole NBA playoffs. A lot of it, as we talked about last time, a lot of these games were not even close series, and almost the entire NBA playoffs just felt like a like a seesaw, Fawad, or a pendulum, just the whole time. Yeah. Especially this Heat and Celtics. Uh, 
series as well. Like just a couple of the games go back and forth. I mean, the Celtics, they won the last two, but a majority of the games were blowouts, whether it was the Heat that won or the Celtics that won. So, I mean, I kind of just want to start with the Warriors. Do you have any thoughts on the Warriors and the Mavericks game and, and the Warriors advancing to the finals? I mean, when you just look at the Warriors, like this is this is a team that has been through so much adversity over the last two years. You lose Clay to that ACL injury right after losing to the finals in the Raptors, and then he tore his Achilles, and then I believe there's a third injury that comes into play. He potentially missing three seasons, and to see this Warriors team at full strength, I think we all knew even before the Warriors had Kevin Durant. You know, this team was poised to make it back to the finals. They were making final runs even before that. But it's kind of remarkable to see a team like a Warriors six finals appearances in eight seasons. It's really remarkable. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson going for their fourth NBA title now. So it's kind of unbelievable. Steve Kerr really sets the blueprint for this team really well. And look at Steph Curry, named Western Conference Finals MVP. I always make this joke to my uh, Warriors fans, my Warriors friends, people who are fans of the Warriors, that, you know, he got that, he has, he got all the awards in the book, but now that Finals MVP is really (laughs) eluding him. You know, this is his fourth go-around. I think he'll potentially get his fourth NBA title, but can he get that first Finals MVP is a question. I've been passing on this storyline to a lot of my friends that, you know, I think it's Clay Thompson's turn to get that finals MVP, but, you know, we'll see how it all unfolds. But definitely a huge, huge accomplishment for Golden State Warriors as a franchise. You look at Bob Myers, the way he's constructed this team from head to toe, the young, young players that they've had in store. Um, You look at Jordan Poole, you know, it's just the way the warrior system has been designed to make you succeed. Um, you look at the absent time of Clay Thompson and you look at the players that have stepped in during his tenure, they've gained the experience over time. And now you look at it. We always knew that a fully warriors, a fully healthy warriors team, how they would look like. Well, you see it right here. They're back in the NBA finals. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on the overall. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> overall, overall dynamic of the Warriors. How do the Warriors just make it work? How do they make it seem to just look easy on a night in, night out basis? You know why they're such a they're such a small team, and we talk a lot about Steph Curry, but you, but you got to think about you got Clay Thompson, as you mentioned too. He's been out for a while, and they missed the postseason the past two years, and he was probably one of the bigger reasons why. And you get Draymond Green. And you have Jordan Poole and you have a lot of these guys and you bring them all together. And it's almost like you could feel the energy around the Warriors. Like me and you talked about the Suns. I want to say uh, it was maybe like two, three weeks ago. It was when they were playing the Pelicans. So round, round one. Yeah. And uh, you, they had such a good year, the Suns. And me and you thought they would have, they would have some type of momentum going into the Mavericks exactly. game. But obviously that turned out to be different. We'll talk about that later. But for but the look- Suns. But for the Suns, you look at the way the Suns progress, you know, they had their best season in their franchise's history, you know. The what I was what I what I didn't expect from the Suns, I didn't mind if they got eliminated. I really didn't believe they had I, I don't think they would would be Golden State if they ran into them in the playoffs because just experience the experience that Golden State has in these big moments, 
this is what the Suns struggle with thus far. And we saw it again in game seven where they were just manhandled. I didn't expect I didn't if I expected the Suns to get eliminated, I think Dallas could have beat them, but the question was how how badly they would lose. And I didn't expect them. I expected them to go out fighting and they just were manhandled in that game seven by Luka yeah. Doncic and the Booker, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. I wanna say I wanna say Luca in that game dropped up 30 plus points. Booker and Paul, I think they both combined for just about 20 points. So the whole outshowing of that game was brutal. And the way they went out winning 64 games plus this regular season, we talked about it. It just was, it just, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. I wanted to continue on, on the Warriors point, but you look at, you look at Steph Curry and you look at him this season and, and, and yeah, he hasn't won the, the finals MVP. <laughs> and, uh, but you look, man, you look at the Warriors team, they're nine and at home in the, in the postseason. They're heading back for their final. As we, as you mentioned before, Six time in eight years. It's a remarkable accomplishment, and you got to really hand it to him. He's he uh, Steph Curry's averaged about twenty three points per game this postseason. But you look at the other side, Fawad. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot for Luca to handle. I mean, if he's not on his A game, it's almost like how does the team come together? And and you look at this last game that they just played. My man shot two from ten. From the first half, and and you know it was just too much. And you you heard from Jason Kidd after the game. We said, you know, we got to get Lucas some help. Yeah, you got to get him some help. And you got to get him some help soon because you're knocking on the door. But are you going to get through at one point? And that's the question. And, and we talk about other teams for a different way, different example. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, like they're knocking on the door. What more are you going to do to hand it over? And I look exactly. at that same way to the Mavericks too. You got to give Lucas some more help. Um, and listen, with the Warriors team, there's just way too many angles, attacking points. There's too many good players on that squad, and it was too much for the Mavericks. But you mentioned uh, Clay Thompson, who dropped 32-plus points uh, in that final game. Yeah, if it's not if it's not Steph Curry, it's going to be Clay Thompson. I mean, he's just had one heck of a year. It seems like it is his year uh, coming off those two injuries. He came off the ACL, the Achilles, um, just – just incredible. And, and like I mentioned earlier, like just something they've been missing for way too long. They got Thompson, they got Poole, they got Wiggins, they got Looney. Like it's a lot. And and Looney and, and Wiggins, they got the double doubles just in the last game. So there's a lot to to present on this Warriors exactly. squad. There's just too much. But uh, but th- that's the reason they're in the finals. And, and then you look at the Mavericks and I they, they took down the Suns and they struggled against the Warriors, came back in game four, didn't let them get the sweep, but couldn't couldn't finish it out, couldn't save himself. But, and, and that's yeah, I just now. wanted to you – know, that was actually a beautiful analysis, Jake. But Thank I'll, you. Um, <laughs> what I have to say is that when you look at this Warriors team, when teams are getting into rhythm, they really have this way of galvanizing you. Let's say just whatever it is, it's just something about this Warriors team that makes them so intimidating to play against. You look at guys like Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, they could just literally nail a shot from anywhere on the court, whether it's 30, 35 feet on the court, Steph Curry could hit from nearly half court. It's just their way of just galvanizing their opponent, taking them out of their A game. That one three that you're just expecting them not to hit, they're going to hit shots from everywhere on the court. And that just what separates them from the rest of the pack in the NBA, that they can hit shots that normal teams can't hit. And they can do it with consistency. 
And when you look at this Golden State Warriors team from head to toe, they have the young veterans and everyone that they do have in their system. You got Jordan Poole. You have guys like Damian Lee. You guys have like uh, Kavon Looney, guys who know their roles and guys who don't know how guys who just play their roles to perfection. And that's just what we have going in Golden State, just a very special team. And, you know, they're closing in on their fourth NBA title, a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, just the overall complexion of this Warriors team just looks so dynamic and so explosive. But I feel like whatever team comes out of the East, they're really going to present a challenge for the Warriors defensively because whoever comes out, the Miami is the defensive, best defensive team all regular season. Boston is up there as well. So the thing that Golden State Warriors are going to have to fix is that Dallas really didn't have that rim protection they needed against Golden State to get through. Golden State was just getting all the looks they wanted, and then they were just exploiting the Mavericks and just getting whatever they wanted. But now you look at Boston having Robert Williams. You look at Miami, you have uh, Bam Adebayo. So – these are the things that these are the challenges that we're going to see the Warriors face in the finals and the yep. things Steve Kerr is really going to have to fix his adjustments and uh, like adjust to what Miami's giving him because there are going to be a lot of adjustments that need to be made. And, you know, that's what Steve Kerr is going to have to adjust to in the finals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at exactly what you're saying. If, if either of those Easter conference teams make it in, it's going to be a lot harder than the Mavericks were. And uh, I want to say they they took down the Nuggets in a, in a four-win series. Uh, they took down the Mavericks in a four-win series. This, this, this finals game, whoever they play, is not going to be a game five, uh, no, game four, game believe. five. It's not. I don't believe it's good. that. I think this finals game is going to come down to six or seven games. It's going to have to. It's just, this is whoever it's going to be, and I and I, I I think potentially it's going to be the Celtics that win this, and and they'll face them in the um, in the finals. But who, whichever team it's going to be, they're going to dog it out. And they, ha- I think, want to say, Pawad, uh they whichever Eastern Conference team goes, uh, I want to say it's a week, maybe it's a little less than a week, but they got rest, so so they'll have a week. So June second, June second, so, yeah, six I, days I, I from now, six days. Okay, so they have six days. That's a good amount of time for anyone, especially the Heat, too, because they're a little banged up right now. Uh, but you get – and, you know, Robert Williams has been hurt a little bit. Marcus Smart, we know he was hurt in, in, in the postseason. So you get these guys healthy, too, on either side. It's going gonna, it's gonna to create potential but problems. But this crowd tonight in Boston is really about to go insane. I remember – They're not going to make it out. They're not going to go back I don't, to Miami. I, I feel like that, that last game was a tipping point of the series. Every team had one at home. Yeah. The one team – one team had one, one, one road game. But Boston really winning last game really, I felt like, took the heat out of their rhythm. And they have an amazing chance tonight to close out the series and go to the finals. Yeah, I wanted to bring back up uh, real quick before we go on to um, the Celtics and the Heat. But you talked about the flow of the game for the Warriors and just how it's it's so awesome to watch and it's like it's like must watch TV. Man, I, you I I watched them in the, just his last game, and you watch Steph Curry. He goes in, he goes in the middle of the paint, he passes it back to Clay. Clay shoots it off from the left. 
I mean, just they can make it from anywhere. It is it's, absolutely insane. And and then that's why they're so hard to defend because they just have so many guys that can do it's, it. It's amazing to watch as a fan of the game. But when you're looking at the teams they're playing, it just is so yeah, devastating. Well, the way they true, yeah. devastate you, it's really – it gets you out of your rhythm. And it's hard to come back when you're down like 20, 25 against Golden State. Like when you look at it, they they just have a way of just putting you away from the get-go. They they leave that doubt in your mind. And the teams that leave that doubt in your mind are the ones that win those big-time games, win those big-time championships. And you're seeing it here with Golden State. That This is one of the topics that I'm going to bring up after we talk about um, the Celtics and the Heat. But one thing that's really important to remember is as we've seen some serious mood swings in this NBA playoffs, and I know we're both going to talk about it, but there's been some games where I've seen, even the Warriors, where they were just completely off their game when they had everyone healthy. Sometimes it could be a little concerned. We'll talk about that in a second, but I wanted to bring that up because I think it's important. But let's talk about this, uh, the Celtics and the Heat real quick. They're going to square off today, uh, Friday, game six, and we'll see who wins this one. They'll be heading to the finals of the Celtics win, as, as I mentioned earlier. And the Heat, if they win, they'll be heading back to Miami for a game seven. So, Fawad, what did you think so far about this just back and forth series up until the last two games of the Celtics and the Heat? You know, I was actually talking to you about this over text. I feel like the Eastern Conference Finals, for the most part, for me, it's been unentertaining for the sole fact that I really want the games to be close. I know these are two yeah. defensive-oriented teams. We have star talent on both sides of the ball. You have Jimmy Butler from Miami. You have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I know the huge the dynamic for Miami is that they don't have Tyler Hero due to injuries. But overall, I feel that the games haven't been as exciting as we really expected them to be. I Even the Warriors series, I feel like, was more exciting, even though it, it's it had, it's ended in five games. The Warriors series lasted yeah. five games. But when you look at the, the, the overall complexion of uh, Miami and Boston, I really expected their games to be much more exciting. I expected the fans to be into it. I feel like the crowd is just out of it most of the time. You know, Jason Tatum, you know, the team's best respective players have been putting on shows. But if you look at it overall, I don't know if you have this, if you have the same opinion likewise to me but I feel like till last game like first halves are competitive and then you see in the second half the teams are just starting to pull away and you know the game is more like becoming more like a runaway so that's what I've I'm a little disappointed with the way the Eastern Conference final had gone along but hopefully we have an exciting game six and if we have a game seven it's an even more exciting game seven I think, yeah, it is interesting because we talked about this, but we, me and you have talked about this all year, so I don't find it all that surprising. But the fact that almost every game was a 4-1, there was we had that sweep with the Celtics and the Nets, so 4-0, 4-2. I think the closest we got was um, Milwaukee Celtics and the East, so that was what? I think that was seven games, right? Um, I, th- I think it was. Uh, and that, uh, anyway, Suns and Dallas we went to seven games as well. Dallas and the Dallas and Suns series. Yeah, but if we're just talking about the East. Oh, okay. If we're just talking um, about the if we're just talking about the East, I want to say they at least went to six, seven games. That has to yeah. be the closest game or series we've seen in the East up until this point. Even though this Celtics Heat uh, series has been back and forth, um, but I mean, I'm not all that surprised, squad, because we talked about this a lot earlier in the season, like. The Eastern Conference, I mean, we've said it a lot, they just weren't as strong as a lot of the other teams in the West. 
I mean, and and statistically, and just the way you look at they play and how the Western Conference plays their games, it just it just wasn't close. Now you look at Boston and the Heat. I'd say that that at this point they're the strongest two teams to come out of it. Unfortunately, the Heat are, are pretty banged up up to this point, so we'll see if they can they can edge this out. But we we look at this Celtics game uh, and Miami, and it, it's just been so back and forth and. I don't want to say it's been hard to watch because I, that's not that's not something I would say, but it's just been so it's just been frustrating. It's been frustrating. I think that's the you best. Know, I think it's the best word I can give it. I just want to add on to what you just said. You know, when I look at a conference final type matchup, I'd like you know there are just so many different storylines. You look at it. There's so much star power. You know, because when you make it to the conference finals, you had to beat some really up-and-coming teams, some of the best teams in the league to get there. So when I think about conference finals, I think about the best of the best. I think about yeah. these gritty, grinded-out games coming down to the wire, and then you have the best players in the world just coming and making that play for your team to lead them to victory. But that's just that one thing that has just eluded us in this series is that we haven't seen – We all we have seen are those gut punches that they just come out of the gate, pound you from start to finish – and the team is winning by um, upwards of 15, 20 points. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. I agree with you on the sole fact that, you know, a lot of the series, for the most part in the Eastern Conference, were like that. But from my, from my personal perspective, I just look at it this way. You're making it to the conference finals. The games should be uh, closely contested. I mean, I'm not saying that just as a fan, but if you're making the conference finals, like what difference is there from the team that you're playing against? Like, you know, the game should be a lot more closely contested. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, you're not a fan. I mean, you look at the numbers of this specific series, you would say, Oh yeah, it's close. Cause it's a three to two, but you look at the last two games and you look at the last game they just played. I mean, Boston didn't play a very good first half. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. And then they came out in the second half and just blew them away, blew the, blew the storm doors off of the Miami Heat. Yeah. It's just been it's just been a weird swing every every time you watch it. And up until this point, it, this has been the most consistent, which is weird to say because they weren't really that consistent, but the most consistent games we've seen up until this point with the Celtics. But um, but yeah, I mean, you talk about it. You look at the Nets; they sweep the Nets, a, a team who we thought would at least get. I mean, me, I personally thought they would. The Nets would have at least gotten two or three wins. A lot of people thought they would have won that game. Like that's it should have been I a think. lot closer. That's I what, what I saying. think. That's what I think as well. You know, yeah. when you look at a team like the Nets, I didn't really care about what seed they ended up getting because right. I just looked at their roster and I was like, how can this team be eliminated in the first round? And, and that's sweep. just what. That's just what hit me by shock. That was absolutely the biggest shock, shock of the playoffs. That the, the way the Nets were eliminated just really shows that going with veteran leadership, going with high caliber star power, it just it doesn't put you over the top. Right. You look at the way teams like Golden State were built. We say initially they're a super team, but how can we say they're a super team when they never – acquired any players they never traded for any players their team was built their team was built from scratch you look at what their front office has done all their players from Steph to Clay to Draymond Green those are those are players that their franchises had franchise has drafted you look at teams like Miami they traded for a lot of their star power and they got it courtesy of free agency you look at Kyle Lowry you look at Jimmy Butler um 
you know, that's just the way the the way the league's looking right now. You know, teams are stacking up, but I feel like a league, the league now. Uh, that was the notion within the past couple of years that the super team notion, but I think right. with a lot of the teams that went out, you look at uh, Brooklyn, you know, they're, we consider them to be a super team, but they went out in four games. They were completely manhandled by Boston. So you, I feel like teams are like Golden State really have a story to tell us, you know, the way they look overall there, they didn't have to trade for any pieces. Their team was built from the bottom up. And those are the teams that really have a story to tell are really exciting to watch. And as you can see on, on the, on the court, it's just like watching poetry in motion. It's just unbelievable the way they're just able to get their way, get their shots, get into their sets and the pace they're able to play with really just, again, galvanizes you if you're their opponent. Absolutely. I mean, to add on to that too, I mean, you look at a team like Philly too, the Sixers, I mean, who added Harden off the trade, um, they, they they got they got beaten pretty good too. Um, Joel Embiid probably considered to be uh, one of the guys for MVP this year, and look what happened there. And then you look at Milwaukee, the defending champs again. So th- there's there was there's a, definitely been a lot to see. But what I can definitely say is whatever happens tonight, Juan. Uh, I'm gonna get your thoughts in a second, but whatever happens tonight, I think this final series is gonna be is going to be something, and I think it's going to be worth watching. But who, who do you have tonight, um, game six, or who do you have going in the finals, whether whether it's Boston or, or Heat, whether it goes to game seven or, or whatever? Who do you have going to the final squad? I think I think Golden State's really going to go up against Boston. I feel like they present a better matchup. I feel like the storylines heading into the series, you look at both sides of the ball, uh, these teams are matched up defensively as well, two of the best defensive teams that we've seen all year long. And I feel like that's what we're going to see in this series. I, the, what I think is going to happen is that it's going to be more of Boston trying to control the tempo because we know the Warriors, yeah. when they get hot, it's really hard to stop a team like the Warriors. The Warriors are going dictate to the, dictate the tempo, but if you look at it overall – it's going to be – I feel like if these games are really low scoring and they're close, I feel like this is where the experience comes into play, that Golden State has been in this moment. They've been to uh, – this is their sixth finals appearance in, what, eight years? you you, you got to favor a team like Golden State in these moments because this Boston team has not even been in the finals with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So – I really, th- these are the reason, these are the things, these are the little, little intricate details you look at when you compare a team like Boston and you compare a team like Golden State. That experience in these type of moments really comes a long way because you've been in the moment, you know how to handle it. The pressure is not as much as it would be as you were, as it was the go around before as you were in the moment. And that's what Boston is lacking when you're playing a team again like Golden State, they've been in the moment. You haven't been in the moment. I, I want to say, too, um, that I think I think the Celtics are going to win game six, whether they win game six or not, and it goes to a seven. They've done it in Miami before. I mean, we, we've seen it. So, I, well, either way, I think it's going to be the Celtics in the finals, however it goes. But I think tonight they win game six and exactly what you're saying. I mean – you not only have you got Williams there who's going to protect the rim. He's going to cover that up. Something we talked about 
that the Mavericks just didn't have. You got Jason Tatum and you got Horford and you got Marcus Smart who came back from injury and you got Jalen Brown. So they have the guys to get it done. Uh, the experience, I love that point that you're bringing up because, yeah, I mean, the Warriors have been there. They have done it. Um, so they, they, they know exactly what they're doing there. But this Celtics defense is for real, and it's definitely going to cause a lot of problems um, for Golden State. And I, it's going to be – I truly think it's going to be one heck of a matchup. If, you, if these um, two teams go at it, you, you're, you're saying the Warriors are going to um, win the whole thing? No, I think the Warriors are going to win the whole thing. But to your credit, I really think this series is going to be a really exciting one. I think the games are yeah. going to be much closer. It's going to be higher intensity. I feel like the Boston really will push Golden State to its limit. But at the end of the day, I, even if I see Warriors winning, I think they'll win in six or seven. But if, say, yeah. if Boston's goal should be coming into this series is that you know, you have to steal one game at Golden State because that will really make your road much easier. Yep. But if they lose the first two games against Golden State and their home, and then you look at heading into Boston, you know, they have to win their next two games because if you go down 3-0, you know, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it if you're, go- if you're looking at Boston. But um, I really like the way this this series is designed. I the one thing that the Warriors didn't go up against in the conference finals is that the Dallas didn't have the necessary rim protection to right, even right. stop Golden State. But now we have a team, two, the two teams remaining from the Eastern Conference have both of those things that the Warriors have not gone up against yet in the playoffs. A lot of the teams, I know Denver definitely had the rim protection, but now you look at a well, two well-rounded teams like Boston and Miami, they present that defensive challenge that the Golden State Warriors are really, really need to look forward to in the NBA Finals. So this is that's really what's going to make this matchup exciting is the defensive battles that both these teams are going to have to go through against each other. Now, I didn't watch these two games, but I, had, I wanted to go back and look because I was curious. Um, they played each other twice, actually, in the regular season. So they played once in December, uh, and I want to say the Warriors won that matchup. It was close. Um, well, the scoreboard was close. They had a lead of 20 points uh, at one yeah. point. Uh, and then in March, which is a lot closer till now, because in December, Boston was a way different team. Both teams are way different than they were in the regular season, just for sure. But you look at it in March, Steph Curry was out in the first half, so there was no Curry. But Boston had their whole team there, and Boston won that game. So there hasn't been a true preview of what this is going to be, but I did went back. I, I did see some, some maybe some flashes of what we were going to get, and we haven't seen the full thing yet because, again, the Celtics weren't at their peak where they are now in December when they lost, and the Warriors weren't at full strength when the, when the Celtics won in March. So. This should be this should be something that with both teams at full strength, especially with the with Boston getting some time to heal up. The Celtics were, I think, the best team coming out of the All Star break. They absolutely dominated after the All Star break, so they're really yeah. coming in with a lot of momentum. And you even look at the playoffs. I feel like that sweep of the Nets really put them in their zone. Even though their next series went seven games, we're seeing them right in their zone again. You know, they have a chance to make it back to the NBA Finals tonight. You know, I should give this city all the energy in the world. Um, this is, you know, Boston's been a really hot team following the All-Star break. And Golden State really has a true test ahead of them going up against a real test in Boston. Yeah, that too. I mean, you beat a team like the Nets where 
we get so much media because we're in New York. So you hear all this talk about the Nets and a lot of people think on ESPN and you hear all these guys on oh, the Nets, they're going to go past the, the Celtics. That doesn't matter what seed they're going to be, yada, yada, yada. Whether they won two, three games or whatever, if they won the series, you, you knock out all that noise and you sweep them 4-0. And then you go on to beat the defending, even though it was in seven games, but you go on to defeat the defending champs. That's a lot of credit you got to give to to the Celtics. And uh, that's a lot of respect you got to hand to them, especially with the way they played towards the end of the season when a lot of people were probably writing them off. And they were at one point, they weren't even in the playoff conversation talk. I want to say maybe they were 10. They were below the they were below the Nets for a, a really long time until after the All-Star break. So you're absolutely right. And uh, I, I think they've, they've built a serious case to have a, uh, a really good time in the finals if they can win this uh win this Heat's game. I feel like that net series really like shifted the shifted yeah. the mon- momentum in their favor is because you know a team when you beat a team like the Nets and the way you beat them, I feel like they became that much more intimidating. And you know they're at that stage right now where you know these are the type of things that come into play. You know you have your home crowd by your side. And you look at the matchups prior to this, you know, they they beat two they beat two of the teams that we probably expected to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, I've, regardless of what seed the Nets were, I always believed that they were in that position to make the Eastern Conference Finals because their roster just looked too intimidating to me. I feel like, you know, they've been in the moment. I feel like, you know, with me is that, you know, experience really does come a long way. And you look at two players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie, how can you deny that those two Mm -hmm. talents can arguably not take the Nets to the finals, which makes me that much more shocked that the way in which they were eliminated was just so devastating. And, you know, just looking at the way they took care of the defending champs in Milwaukee in that closeout game seven, you know, what else can you say, you know? And then now you're in a position again to close it out, but this time with a ticket to the NBA Finals on the line, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than this. For Boston, this franchise has been out of the finals for almost like 10 years, I believe, more than 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, this franchise, this city is really going to go crazy behind them today if they're able to get it done. But I'm really excited for an exciting NBA Finals matchup with whoever comes out of the East, I really prefer Boston to come out, not because I don't want to see a game seven. I want to see a game seven, whether it happens or not. But I, I really, I really like the the matchups that Boston yeah. presents for Golden State, and you know it's going to be a really exciting finals, whichever way you look at it. Uh, I wanted to ask you too. I, I want to say it could go to seven, but I want to say it's going to be if if this is the matchup, uh, Celtics Warriors. I want to say. Warriors and six, but a very back and forth, tightly contested series. Would you say this could potentially go to seven games? Absolutely. You you just really got to look at the way the game plays out. If you see Miami comes out firing on all cylinders, Boston's in trouble. If if this series goes back to Miami, you could write this series another way. You could say no. I'm talking Boston about. Is- I'm talking about if if the Warriors and the Celtics were to play each other. How, oh, okay, how far okay. would you see that series going? I, I, like I you think said, it could go six or seven. It's going to be an exciting – I think it's going to go six and seven as yeah. well. You know, that's the, that's the thing with Boston. They really present those tough matchups that Golden State has to go up against. Although Boston has to really amp up their defense to a whole nother level when you look at a mm-hmm. team that they're going up against, you also have to look at Golden State. They've 
uh, Boston really has those type of players too that could really shoot the ball, shoot the ball really well. You look at guys like uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. They have the proper rim protection with Robert Williams and Al Horford. So you really got to look at these dynamic factors that really make a team like Boston stand out. They present that. They present those difficulties that Golden State hasn't gone up against in the playoffs this year. So, you know, I really think I don't see this team. I don't see this team, this series going less than five games, at most six or seven games in yeah. favor of Golden State. All right, Vlad, hopefully we're not eating this uh, in a, cute, a couple of days, but I think me and you should be, we'll be in a comfortable spot. But uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to go on to our next question. What do you, in your opinion, what has been the most exciting thing or game series uh, player, whatever you have, what has been the most exciting thing you have seen in this year's playoffs? What I think has been the most exciting thing in this year's playoffs is that we're we're really getting to see this younger, the younger generation of the NBA come out and take over. And we're seeing as players like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, even Steph Curry, you know, we see him in the NBA Finals. I wouldn't say he's aging, but players like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, you know, as they're progressing towards the end of their career, we're really seeing the younger players come out and really show us that the league is really in good hands. You look at players like Ja Morant leading their respective teams, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Joker, you know, these teams, these players are really showing us that the younger NBA is really taking over. And even a guy like Darius Garland, Trey Young, we look at the narrative with uh, Dallas and Atlanta. Atlanta was in the conference finals last year. And we we were saying at that point, you know, is Trey Young better than Luka? You know, Trey Young definitely led his team farther than Luka. So why, why is he not better than Luka? And Luka just evened up the score by going back to the <laughs> conference finals. And for me personally, I feel like Luca is a better talent. But overall, when you look at this playoffs, it's hard to even deny that the NBA, the future of the NBA is really in good hands with all the young talent we have in yeah. play. A lot of these young clubs coming in. And I just love the way that for the first time in quite some time that we weren't talking about super teams just really dominating the playoffs because we look at the obvious super team that we had, like as clear favorites to win a championship in the Lakers. They didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. And team we a team like the Nets, you know, the, on paper, you know, they look like a team poised to win it all, but they they're getting eliminated in four games in the first round. So what I feel is was really the most exciting part of the playoffs was that the young talent really just yeah. shined in this in this postseason. I don't want to say it's all true, but I, I, a point they just formulated in my head too is as you look at a lot of the veteran teams, right? And you look at the younger teams. For the Nets situation, a very veteran team, a very veteran-minded team. A lot of the players want to do their own thing. So you look at James Harden, he wanted out. And then you bring in James, when they brought him in, he wanted out of Houston, he comes in, right? So you don't really have that, not always, um, but you don't really have the issue with young players because they're hungry, they're ready, they want to get their contracts, want to get played, they want to get paid, they want to show their talent. They're trying to give their the best they can to their team. So you're really seeing everything they can give. With veteran teams, it's all it, there's almost a different dynamic. So you look at the Lakers, 
with a veteran team, you have a, even though it can happen with a younger team, I'm not saying it can't, but the possibility to get injured is a lot higher. You saw what happened to them all season. And uh, yeah. I mean, as you get older, you're usually not the best player. Don't discredit, you know, the goats in the world, but you're not usually the best player. You're not usually at your peak. Absolutely. Anymore. So you start yeah. to fall down. So you look at this awesome trend of young players as well. And uh, it's truly awesome to see to see them carry the league up. And uh, I mean, you look at guys like Luca, and it's just absolutely insane. Get that, get that man some more help because they're they're ready For to sure. rock. They're ready to but, get in there. Yeah, just to like piggyback off what you were saying, you know, when you look at when you look at a team like the Lakers, like it really just hit me like that. Veterans really don't take your team as far as they need to. Of course, they provide that guidance like right. over a period of time. Well, that's important. Say, the same way like a Udonis Haslam would provide for a Miami Heat because he's been in those moments. He's more like a mentor type player. But those veterans could be there more to mentor your team. But if you talk about in terms of lead, uh, experience leading your team, the way the league is shifting towards these younger players, I feel like it becomes more and more difficult because uh, pace-wise, you know, being more athletic wise, these players really can't keep up the same way. You know, the younger generation is just unbelievable with the way yeah. they can really take over games and make this th- game so special to watch. And, you know, this is where the veterans really, I feel like are starting to struggle in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, veterans can't really take their team as far as they need to. And we saw it with the Lakers, we saw it with the Nets, and I feel like that notion of super teams is really going to start to, you know, come down a little bit with you. Yeah. We, like we see with teams like the Lakers not making the playoffs and Nets being eliminated in the first round. You know, that notion of super teams is really starting to come down a little bit. I think the most exciting thing for me, and I, I wrote down two different points. One of them, one of them was just a, a funny thing that I just thought in my head it was the first thing that came up. And then I really went back and said, all right, what was the most exciting thing? The most exciting thing that I wanted to bring up before was, was that Grizzlies-Warriors game in game five. And, and I talked about it earlier, but I want to bring it back. They had no, no John Morant in that game, and they were struggling to come back. I, I want to say it was like a win-or-lose type game, and they, and they were out. They ended up winning that game. I mentioned it before. They scored 55 points in that first half. No Morant in that game. They were facing the Warriors team that was stacked up. And uh, I, I, I wrote it down here. They had, they had the highest scoring performance. It was in franchise postseason history. Franchise history. I'm not sure I get that right. And so they ended up scoring 77 points uh, total, in that, total in that first half, 25 points off of turnovers. I mean, it was absolutely insane. And one of that, the reason I'm bringing this up is because at any point in time, it could switch like that, even when you don't have your star players. And that's so important. And, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green, they, they said after the game, I mean, we were off our game. We weren't focused. We weren't on it. You have to be focused all the time when you're in the NBA, and that's so important. Uh, if, if something comes up like this, as we mentioned before, if, if Boston can take one at Golden State, that's going to be huge. So if one of these games, I'm saying it's going to be drastic like this. This was absolutely an outlier. But if something drastic like this happens, Boston Boston's going to be in good shape in, in the finals if, 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 or, or the Heat or Miami. It could be either one, but – I think I think that was interesting, and that too I brought up too. Um, as always, squad, it's always exciting seeing Philly getting knocked out. Um, you know, for any Philadelphia <laughs> sports team, it's always exciting seeing them get knocked out of the playoffs, not being able to play, and uh, that's always good as a New York sports fan. So I just wanted to throw that in there as well. 
Um, I got a question for you. What do you think <laughs> yeah, is sure. going on with that Doc Rivers situation? Is he going to be in Philly next year, or what do you oh think? Oh my is God! Happen? You know, it's funny because he always comes up and he always comes up in the conversation. Um, I, you know, I don't know. You you look at you look at his resume, and he's he's proven to take his teams to the playoffs, but 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 he but he can't get it done. And and I think I think that's that's an interesting point. And what was this? I want there was a stat that I heard early in the season where he's up 3-0 in series yes, in postseason, yes, and then he, yes. he's he's had the biggest stat of losing. I want to say that was the yep. stat I heard, and that's that, that caught me off guard. True. And I said, and I said, I said, oh my god, they're absolutely right. I said, I can't, I said, I can't believe that. But you know, he's done it literally on every team he's yeah, been on. He's exactly. done it with the Clippers. He's done it with the Clippers. He's right. done it with. Uh, he was on the Clippers again, I believe, when Kawhi and them came right. into play. That's why. And he then it. he did it in Ball. I think he's doing it in Philadelphia. So I feel like you know it's he's all over that's, the place. To be well, honest. that's too wide. I mean, we look at coaching all the time, and you look at the Golden State. They're so well rounded, but a lot of that has to do with Steve Kerr and coaching too. So. Uh, whether he's on his way out or not, I mean, I could care less about Philly sports. But if, if he's on his way out, they need to seriously revamp coaching because that's a team that's prime. I mean, you got Harden, you got Embiid, you got a lot of these guys here. You brought Harden in for a reason. This was a team that was in the playoffs. I expected to win a little more than that, and they fell apart. I, but I don't care. It's Philly. But, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I think, I think that's really important. But what I what I feel like what I'll say about James Harden is you know he has a contract year coming up but yeah you know I don't feel like after what I saw in this year's playoffs that super max for me for James Harden is completely out of the question mm-hmm. with the way James Harden's playing I feel like that the regression we saw in his game was so drastic I've I've never seen James yeah. Harden so out of his rhythm so out of so out of groove the way he was in this postseason. The shift of scenery from Brooklyn to Brooklyn to Philly was just so drastic. I felt like he would really play that second score role to Joel Embiid. But you know, we're seeing players like Tyrese Maxey just take over and mm-hmm. and play the type of role that we expect a player like James Harden to play. But you know, that super max for me, for James Harden, is completely out of the question. James Harden, I felt like we're missing that James Harden-esque where we saw when he was in Houston, the way he would just take over games and just score. But I also feel like the game has also changed with the foul calls and the way he's not able to draw fouls the same way. I felt like that's when we statistically like saw the drastic drop in his game when right. he wasn't able to get those foul calls. But overall, you know, James Harden has is he's a great talent in the NBA, you know, one of the top handful of players in the league. But, you know, I felt like the drastic, drastic drop we saw in his game was just, you know, it's really showing us that he's not worthy of those, you know, super max deals that we see like players like Luca get. I'll say this about this. And then I wanted to, I wanted to bring up one more thing, but you, you, they're in, they're almost in a weird spot, both Philly and and Brooklyn, almost New York, Brooklyn, the same thing. Um, you look at, they have Ben Simmons over there. I don't really know what's going on there. He was off of injury and he had a bad relationship with Philly. And so, he has yet to be seen on the court over there in Brooklyn, so we'll see what happens. But you look at you look at Philly; they're in a weird scenario because, yes, Harden is almost on a downtrend in a sense, but they went in on him 
now you're st- almost in a sense you're stuck with them. Not saying you can't trade them, but yeah. that would look terrible as an organization. So if you're going to get it right, it has to be right now. And Bede's at his best. And you got rid of Seth Curry and you got rid of um, Andre Drummond and a lot of these other guys to get Harden and get rid of Ben Simmons. So there's a lot more going on than just the roster. I think it's a structural thing as well. So there's Absolutely. a lot to be there's a lot to be fixed there. You know, Daryl Morey really brought James Harden on board because he saw what he had to give in Houston. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, like like we talked about with veterans, you know, doesn't always work out. Right. You know, it doesn't always work out. I feel like Tyrese Maxey is starting to become that prolific player that, you know, Ben Simmons was supposed to be, you know. But I feel like, that, you know, James Harden is really a great offensive talent, but we haven't been seeing it over the course over in his tenure in Philly, yeah. which is really concerning to me. You know, a guy like Joel Embiid, who's on top of his game, one of the top handful of players in the league, an MVP candidate, you know, he needs that necessary help by his side. You know, if James Harden could be that 25, you know, or 22, 23 point per game score, you know, it could make that much more of a difference on that final score every time. And, you know, and we could possibly, we could have possibly seen Philly in this position, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it just didn't pan out that way. Yeah. I mean that too, we talk about the younger teams and the veterans and stuff like that. A lot of the people or a lot of the players, I should say that were traded obviously came from different teams. They're not homegrown. We talked, you talked about the Warriors and how a lot of the players were drafted homegrown players. Sometimes that works out a little better because once you trade a guy, he comes over to a new team. You look at the situation with Harden, which I mean, sometimes could be an outlier and sometimes it can't, but it happens. It does. It happens all the time. I want to be traded. I want out. This is not what I want. You know, it can happen at any point. And a lot of times with younger talent, guys you bring in on your team, guys that you've grown, you've had, you build trust with the organization. And a lot of times that those end up being the better teams, better for worse. So but I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring up one more thing before we before we head on today, and then I wanted to see what you had to say about this. But I had a, I had a couple surprising moments here that I wanted to mention. Um, one that which we mentioned was before was the Nets. The Nets they got sweeped and or swept, I should say, and 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 I didn't think that was going to happen. But if you want to bring that up, I mean, we talked about it. So that was one of the things I thought was surprising. But the Suns losing to the Mavericks in the way they did, we talked about it a little bit before. They got blown out at Game Seven at home. In Phoenix, um, they shot – it was brutal. I, I want to say it was below 40%. I think it was about 37% or whatever it was, about 25% in that game in the first half. The way they got beat was bad. We talked about it before. Booker and Paul, uh, Chris Paul combined for about 20 points when Luka scored about 35-plus points or 34-plus points. So just the way they got beat, the way they dominated all year long, and to get beat like that against the Mavericks um, was was a little surprising. Well, like but, I uh, said – have any? Yeah, yeah, like ahead, I said, ahead. like I said, you know, these are the type of losses that are really like like that you carry with you throughout your career because like I feel like those are the type of losses. This is the best team in the league record wise. Yeah. This this team had the best season in their franchise's history. So for me, when you look at a team like Phoenix, you know, they were in the finals last year and now they're out, now they're getting eliminated in the second round. It really takes a toll on you mentally. I don't know. I really, you know, I felt like if they went up against a team like Golden State, they would be they were they would be eliminated quite easily. I don't know why. I feel like Golden State plays that kryptonite type of role when they 
go up against a team like Phoenix because they know they've been so good for so long. But, you know, Phoenix is like the new and up and coming team that we saw in the finals last year. You know, what challenges that goal does Golden State present? You know, they present a lot of challenges. You know, I feel like mental, mentally, I feel like uh, Golden State could really take over against a team like Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They know, like, the, when you see a team have games like this in the NBA playoffs, you, that closeout game yeah. was just so treacherous. Um, you know, when I look at their offseason, like, I felt like the ultimate goal in mine was definitely, you know, they made it to the finals last year. Their goal had to be win it all this year. But in the in the fashion in which that this season ended for them, I don't know. I don't know where they could go from here. Their team is structured completely well to make it back to the NBA playoffs and quite possibly make it back into the place they were in this year. They could quite possibly make the conference finals next year. You know, I really feel like they're one of the better and more complete teams in the NBA. But what I feel is that, you know, is this loss going to be daunting to them? heading into right. next season. They're like, I feel like this loss is going to be something they're going to always look at. And like, you know, and if this team ends up like regressing even more into next year, we could really look at this loss as like a, a turning mark, point. a turning point in the way in which yeah. we saw Phoenix come <laughs> down and like become like more of a, memory in a sense that they were one of the better teams in the league and now this game will define them as like be becoming on more of a come down i like that you brought that up because it was something i wanted to say too is they were in the finals last year and they lost you look at them this year they lost again uh and and in the conference semis against the mavericks all right and so that's a lot mentally to handle, you know, because you worked so hard all year. They had a great year. They won 64 games in the regular season. They had an amazing year. They were the number one seed. That's tough to do year in and year out. I mean, the Warriors, they missed the postseason the past two years. That's, not, a, that's the way easy. I look at it. That's also the way I look yeah. at it. You know, you look at teams like Golden State, you know, they were in their rhythm for so long. They made right. – for when they went to the finals, it was like – it was just like, you know – going out to get a card of milk every single day. Like, you know, they're doing it. They're doing it with such consistency. And then yeah, you right. see them all the, out of the playoff picture. But when, when they cut, when they come to fruition, you know, they're back in the NBA finals. Right. So th- these are the type of things that teams really have to treasure. Like this is really tough to do on a year in year out basis. It like, is. Making yeah. the NBA finals is becoming more and more difficult for the sole fact that, the way this league has transcended and the talent has been evolving over the years, mm-hmm. we have these this younger generation coming in and taking over, you know? So I feel like it becomes that much more difficult to make it back to that point. Like, you know, right. for a son, mean, you know, once you make it to the top, what everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to dog you. Everyone's trying to come yeah. after you. And so to do it is so hard and not only to, to do a season so well, I mean, Booker got injured a couple of times. Chris Paul was out a lot. I mean, you 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 think about it. Injury is so important. Like you look at Clay Thompson; he was out for about what two seasons, and they they missed the they missed the postseason. So, but it's but it's hard to come back to that. It's hard to get the team back together yeah, and bring everyone together. That's not always the case. Players get older, contracts expire. To do this year in and out is 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 really tough. And for a Phoenix team that was so strong this regular season, the number one seed to go out the way they did. 
um, was 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 just absolutely surprising to me. It has to leave I really a sour to, taste. I really wanted to bring it up, yeah. And, and it's tough because you look at a lot of teams, and I mean, not to keep bringing up the NFL, but you look at the member of the Atlanta Falcons, what happened to them? And you look yep. at them, and they haven't been back since. They haven't been right? the same, yep. So, yeah, it's never been the same. So you look at the way it does to you mentally, it really does do a toll. I mean, even going back to – I know I keep doing this, but to go back just a little further to the Bengals-Titans uh, game, Ryan Tannehill said he had to get therapy after the Bengals game. I don't know if you actually saw that, but he said he had to actually get mentally well after the game. It does take a toll on you. It's not, it's not a joke. This is actually serious stuff. This is your. This is their careers. This is their livelihoods. This is what they do. When you lose like that in the fashion they did, the way they brought themselves up, a lot of the times players, you know, they don't celebrate the accomplishments they have. They look at what they could have had and what they lost, and and that's ultimately sometimes what drags them down the next season if they can't get that together. Yeah, I love the way you said that. They look at. They don't look at their accomplishments. They look at what they should have had because you know it's it's really tough to get. You know, being in the best league in the world, like NBA, you know, you got to treasure every little accomplishment you get because, you know, you're a part of that percentage of the world in which you're like the top handful of players in the right, whole world. Right. So, you know, it's it's very tough in a league like the NBA to win and to win consistently because there are always going to be teams that are going to come after you. And especially if you're a top dog in the league, you know, teams are going to come after you even more expecting that, you know, they want to take you down. They want to take down that top dog. So, you know, that's what I think is sort of going on with Phoenix. You know, we're seeing there, although we saw them have an amazing year this year, but, you know, playoffs really bring out a different animal in teams like Mm -hmm. underdog teams like Dallas. And we just saw Dallas become one of those bigger underdog stories this year. I want to say one more thing before we close it out uh, for today, but um, just like generally speaking on a mental, on a mental perspective, since we were talking about it, you almost, you taste, you taste victory, right? And expectations become higher. So I don't play, you don't play in the NBA. So I can't give a full statement on what it's like. But I can only imagine because we're all humans. You once you once you grab once you almost grab something and you have it, and then it gets pulled away from you, and then your expectations the next season you build yourself back up. You have expectations. You knock yourself back down. You know it's hard. It's really hard as an NBA player, and we're not. We don't get me and you don't get paid millions of dollars to play in the <laughs> NBA. So that's different too. So these players are getting paid millions of dollars. It's almost in a sense. I don't want to say it this way, but you have everything you you ever wanted. Uh, not that's not always the case, but you're getting paid. You're playing the game you wanted to play. Um, you have you have whether or not you you know you have your loving family and all that stuff, all that good stuff. You go out there, you play the good game, and then you lose the way you did. That's like a lot of times. That's all you focus on, and sometimes it really hurts teams. And again, me and you don't play. We don't make this money, so it's hard for me to give a statement on that. But we're all humans. We're all the same, and I can only imagine that that drags down on people a lot. And and, and a lot of players have said it. Have said it. Said it has. So. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you play in sports, you know, not to knock anybody who's doing something extreme, whether you're, you know, you're in the military or police officer or whatever, and you're saving lives, but mentally on all, on all people, when you have expectations and when you, when you lose them dramatically, it does take a toll on you. Absolutely. You know, um, I feel like, you know, these players are getting paid like top dollars to do something they love. So, when you look at it in a sense, you know, it really has to take a toll on you because, you know, you're basic, you basically have, like you said, you, you have everything you wanted and, you know, 
But you also have to look at you're going up against some of the best talent in the whole world. So yeah. um, to be honest, you know, it's it's really a tough situation for some of these athletes, you know, that, you know, I feel like some some of these athletes, you know, I'm not going to call out names or anything, but, you know, some athletes really play the game for the money. But there are some players who really want right. to be the best of the best in playing this game. And, you know, the passion really shows on the court. But, you know, it's really a tough situation that some of these are athletes are put in that, you know, you have everything you want, but, you know, you come short of your ultimate goal and to be become a champion, you know? So it's really difficult at times to right. express what these athletes are thinking. We can't speak on behalf of them, but I can only imagine how difficult it is for some of these athletes, you know, falling short of their ultimate goal, you know? Yeah, that too. I mean, the, the best teams are the ones that can, can almost overcome that take that feeling and put it towards next season and that are well-structured. And, and we've seen that too, where a lot of teams come back, they fight back and they use that as, as energy for the next season. But Bwad, what you got any final thoughts for today on our, our special edition of this NBA episode that I was happy to do? Um, <laughs> you got any guys anything for me? You know, uh, you know, it's just been a pleasure being on the show with you. You know, I'm going to be away for a little while. So, you know, it's been I hope you enjoy a that, blast. It's been a blast. I appreciate it, Jake. Thank you so much. But, you know, it's been a blast being on the show with you. I love talking about sports, you know. Like I said in the last segment, you know, um, you know, sports is just that. Uh, it's really that thing that gives you all the energy in the world, yeah, you right. know. And, you know, it gets us it gets us riled up, gets us excited to look forward to our day. And, you know this is just what makes this like podcast like this so much more exciting that working with people like you are just so passionate and just love to talk about the game, you know? So um, for that, I just want to thank you once again, you know, and thanks for always having me on the show, bringing me on. And I I just love exchanging those interesting takes between us. Like, so thank you once again for having me on. I appreciate you coming up. It was a good time. And uh, when you come back, I'll have you on as many times as you want to come on. I'll bring you back on. Quite possibly, if I come on next time, you know, I could possibly have my own podcast. So, you know, that's true. I'll, I'll definitely, come on yours. <laughs> yeah, of true. course, it'll be yeah, it'll right. be amazing. You know, I definitely would love to collaborate and that's do that. Right. That would be awesome. Um, but, you know, thanks for having me on. I appreciate everything you brought to the table today. And that, too, if you guys like listening to us, you're going to get one heck of a weekend because we got this episode. <laughs> we got the other one flawed. So we got a lot of content here. So if you, you want to spend it. Some spend some time, which is good too, because if it's in podcast form, you just plug in, you listen to us, and um, and, and that's usually what I do. I usually listen to all my work. Yeah. I plug in with my 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 pods, and I, and I go about Same my day. As you. But yeah, no, really, Fouad, I, I really appreciate having you on. I thank you for the kind thoughts, and I really hope you enjoy your time. Where'd you say you're going one more time? I'm going to Pakistan. Pakistan. All right, my man. I hope you enjoy your time. I hope you have a blessed time out there. And uh, me it, and you, me and you, will hit this again. We'll do this again for sure. So don't be disappointed out there, audience. We'll be back. But um, again, thank you for joining me today on another edition of Jake's Takes. As always, I'll be back on next Saturday for to provide more of my takes. We've got tons of stuff to cover. Remember to visit Tunnel Vision Sports at tvsportsmag.com and follow our Instagram at tunnelvisionsports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore tvsports. Don't forget to follow the Jake's Takes Instagram account at Jake's takes tvs just like that for everything you need podcast wise for wad roll out your roll out your media one more time for me for wad.farouk at uh at for wad farouk that sports 
All right, so make sure you go follow, go follow all those things right now and make sure you keep up with everything we're doing here at Tunnel Vision Sports. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. And for Fouad Farouk, I'm Jake Serrano signing off. Thank you once again for listening. And remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift in sports media. We get it poppin', homie, day and night, day and night. Got the party jumpin', got to break the ice. Stay up on my grind, that's my way of life. I got tunnel vision, I'ma chase that real life.